0: Welcome to the Critical Witness podcast where we talk faith, apologetics, evangelism and anything else we can think of. We hope you enjoy the show. Good evening. Welcome to Critical Witness. Did I get the intro right there, Dan? Last time, apparently, I was surprised. You do. (laughs) You you always have a surprised face. It's like this. Good evening. Good evening. You've seen surprise that he
1: started. That was much better. Yeah, I get that. I'm getting
0: getting better at this. It's only taken, what, 35 streams to um, not act (laughs) surprised when that intro ends. Um, So, welcome to Critical Witness. Welcome to Eric. He's with us. Uh, We'll introduce a bit more about him in a moment. Sorry, we're a little late this evening. Um, Yeah, that's life with kids and stuff. So, um, we can't even blame Eric for this one. It was was mostly myself and and Dan. So, um, welcome. We're going to be talking about Mormonism and uh, Eric's journey from Mormonism to uh, following Jesus and is there a difference because that's probably one of the earlier questions of uh, what Mormons think about Jesus and then we'll just see where this this evening takes us Um, feel free to ask questions in the chat and um, yeah we're just gonna have a have a merry drink together so enjoy enjoy the evening and um, make yourselves comfortable and let's begin so Eric a little bit uh, about you uh, as this is about your journey from Mormonism usually we start with the five minutes of tell us five minutes about yourself maybe you can start with uh, a little bit of background like were you born and were you born into Mormonism was it something that you grew up in or is there a separate story starting off there yeah
2: well thanks for asking thanks for having me on this is my first time in two places at once and i'm in england and i'm also in south carolina so that's oh, pretty cool yeah so. nice anyways uh yeah so uh thanks for having me on the show so I uh, i was not born in the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints um my mom is a convert and uh i was at seven so technically i would not be considered a convert um but she was but we weren't born we weren't raised in the church um, and our whole family is not latter-day saint um, but I grew up in Chicago and uh the journey started when I was at seven years old and we were just walking in our neighborhood. It wasn't the roughest neighborhood but also wasn't the, the nicest neighborhood and you know, a single mom um grabbing her son. Let's go, Eric, let's go, because these two men in suits were walking after us and um not like violently, that <laughs> came out wrong. They weren't like running after us or anything, but uh yeah, so um, they knocked on our door, introduced themselves as uh, the elders from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and my mom let them right in, um, and they shared their, um, their three topical things that they have to do, um, and we became uh, church members. Um, and uh, then we, we ended up moving to uh, Utah when I was 14. And from there is when it was a little bit different for me, because in Chicago, I kind of had to hide my Mormonism, if that makes sense. Um, I wa- I did stand out. I was different. I didn't drink caffeine at, at a time. That was at a time when um, caffeine was also seen as something that you shouldn't drink, um, not just coffee and tea, but also caffeinated drinks. Um, that's, it's changed over the years. Um, so every time we had like a class party or whatever, I couldn't drink some of the drinks that had caffeine. So I automatically stood out in that way. Also, I didn't go outside or watch TV on Sundays. Now that's not a teaching. It's just something that really my mom kind of saw other, other families do and it brought them closer. So she kind of shut the door on that. So when we, when we moved to Utah, now we're with Pretty much our culture, our people—they understand us, so we could stand out. Um, and it, it is different—the the Mormonism in any other place other than pretty much the West Coast is a little bit different. Um, you know, I think out in the West Coast, Utah, Nevada, California area, Colorado's big, Arizona's getting big. Um, it's a little more open. You you share your—you don't really have to share your faith because you just assume everybody is Latter Day Saint, especially <laughs> in Utah. Um, so you see kind of two versions, um, of it. You see, you know, very passive people in the East, um, who really like to live out their faith and be nice people. I'm not saying that Utah Mormons aren't nice, but you will see some of the, some of the children maybe act up, you know, things like that. And you're like, Whoa, I didn't know Mormons going to do that. You know, <laughs> um, anyways, and then we moved to South Dakota, um, when I was a uh, freshman in high school. Um, and there's where, um, I was, yeah, it was, it was a small number. We, li- we lived in an area that not only was it a small town, but we lived close to friends that we knew from Chicago. So that was nice. But the church itself was a branch. A lot, of, a lot of the churches have wards and wards is just how many members. And then there could be one or two wards in one church and then another ward in the same town, but in a different building. And there could be two there. So it just depends. Well, we were in a small little branch, of maybe maybe 10 people that shared our faith um so yeah it was definitely hard but uh, i was very zealous i was a very zealous uh latter-day saint i wanted to get prepared to go on on my mission um and uh this is where it became a turning point around 14 and 15 i actually started uh hanging out with the missionaries that were local because i didn't have very many friends um So I hung out with them and they took me door to door and kind of showed me the ropes. And, and this is, this is the telling part of the story. Um, This is where um, I, the Lord hindsight, 2020, this is where the Lord really hit my heart and made me think. And we went up to this woman and I remember she's raking leaves and uh, we go up to her and the elder says, excuse me, ma'am, we're from the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And uh, we were wondering if we could, if we could tell you a little bit about our faith and she looks at me and she looks at us at, at the two, at the two elder, but the missionaries. And she's like, you need to find yourself a real religion. <laughs> and essentially I was taken back. Like, well, what? what does she mean by that? I have no idea. Oh, this is getting weird. You know, I'm 14, 15 years old. I'm like, Oh, uh, what's going on. And I'm not supposed to talk. So, you know, so all I have are my thoughts. And, you know, one of the missionaries did say a real religion, like almost like, what do you mean by that? She's like, yeah, you need to find yourself a real religion and go away. All right. So that stuck with me. And I asked them, hey, what does she mean by that? And, you know, the the missionaries just said, you know, some people just don't want to hear the truth. I said, oh, okay, you know, whatever, you know. Then another year goes by and I'm hanging out with some friends. Um, I do get into some trouble, Um, not like horrible but you know i'm in an area and i'm trying to make friends so i'm trying to fit in so i'm not going to say i was some perfect kid because that's just impossible everybody gets into trouble um and i'm no different um but i went to a catholic a catholic uh sunday school whatever they do or the wednesday night mass and uh this is my first time and uh and i'm a smart aleck kid um and uh we're sitting there and I, i'm a junior in high school and the priest or deacon or whoever's teaching the course is just talking and talking and i'm just throwing out like mormon stuff like you could tell i am not a catholic straight off the hand and just saying some you know talking about the pre-existence talking some different stuff and and he's like good son are you are, are you christian are you catholic and i said no i'm a mormon he's like oh even worse and I was like, cool. I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. Well, I'm not wrong. Whatever. You know, just being smart, Alec. And then, yeah. Anyways, then my senior year of high school comes around, and the Lord's working again. And I was really into music and stuff. And they, my school brought in a Christian rock band, and you know, they're they're doing all the stuff. I'm like, hey, that might be something I want to do. I'm really into music. I like singing. I like you know, playing the guitar, playing the git fiddle a little bit. And uh, I walk up to him and uh, I say, hey, man, I'd like to join. They're like, okay, cool. What, what denomination are you? you? know, Are you Christian? I said, well, yeah, I'm Mormon. They said, no, 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 no. Are are you Christian? I said, yeah. The church I go to is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So obviously, if I'm following Jesus, I'm a Christian. And that was my rebuttal. And you could see he kind of got stumped a little bit. He's like, hold on, l- let me go ask. And he, he went over and asked. And he's like, no, you got to be a Christian. And I said, okay, whatever. I don't want to join this group. So then i just you know at that point i was 18. um my mom just moved back down to florida to start her new career and i i went off to college and instead of going on a mission i just had these doubts um and just decided you know what i'm I'm, i don't know and i actually think that that is something one the lord has worked that worked in me because um i didn't want to go on a mission if i had doubts um and then two that's just his way of communicating he knew me then i went to the i went to the military and i was agnostic i mean i really was i could care less and if and and i i always said this is if there was a god it god it was the mormon god hmm. um so i always held on to you know one i wouldn't have been deceived like that um you know and obviously my mother wouldn't lie to me um and all these other people that really cared about me. Like I have friends who are still Latter day Saints, um, who I grew up with, and I'm like, no, they they wouldn't think it's false. So I just grew up, you know, and then I met my wife, who is a Southern Baptist preacher's daughter. And uh yeah, um, it's all history from there. I just started to are... I started I started to investigate the claims of Mormonism, um, trying to prove Mormonism was right. I was trying to prove my mother in law wrong. I was trying to say, no, you guys are wrong. And I'm right. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I had to be, you know, intellectually honest with myself. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I walked away um, saying, you know what, that just does not fly with me. And, you know, I, I boil it down to three reasons why I'm no longer um, Latter-day Saint. One, the historicity of the Book of Mormon is flawed. It does, it, it, it lacks a lot. Um, I don't think there is any. All right. Two, um, two is the, um, I, I feel like, there's idolatry in Mormonism. I feel like Joseph Smith is held a lot higher than anything else. Um, and that's a problem for me. And then they also just don't teach Orthodox Christianity. They don't teach, um, you know, the same doctrine of God, the same doctrine of Jesus that we do. And I would say that they're actually closer to Jesus than they are in the doctrine of God. Um, because there's not much about it, just that he is a created being, you know, (laughs) you know, so, um, there's a lot of things but those are my top three reasons you know that that there's no history that could back it up um they don't teach orthodox christianity and that i feel this is my personal opinion i feel like there's idolatry Mm. in their belief in joseph smith he's held high 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 up there
0: that's fascinating thanks thanks so much for the for sharing that and i think there's a lot in there that yeah trusting family and friends and they wouldn't lead us astray would they? So there, there must be a lot in there. I think you share a lot in common with, with Dan in that he, he set out to prove his granddad wrong. Um, and, and here he is. So there's, there's a lot of that. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of questions, which actually quite start us off fairly well. Uh, so Dean's watching London Theist. Uh, what are the basic tenets of Orthodox Mormonism? Uh, is there a creed like the Apostles' Creed? I'm I'm totally clueless with <laughs> Mormonism. I know a yeah. little I know enough to like hold, hold a conversation with a couple of missionaries on the doorstep.
2: But. Yeah. So um no. Yes and no. So remember, what Joseph Smith, when he was in the garden for his first vision, Jesus, he saw, you know, Heavenly Father and Jesus as two personages and 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 Jesus said, when Joseph Smith asked, "What church should I join?" Jesus said, "None, because they are all in, they are all false, and their creeds are an abomination." Okay, um, and so that went into saying, "Well, yeah, we don't follow the creeds." Okay, um, but they have articles of faith. All right, they have thirteen articles of faith. That is basically a creed. We believe. All right which is essentially a creed. We believe, so the first article of faith is we believe in God, the eternal father and in his son, Jesus Christ and in the Holy Ghost. All right, and it goes down the list. So technically, yes, there is a creed. Um, I'm not going to say that all Latter-day Saints will say that that's a creed. They will, you know, maybe they'll stray away from that, from that verbiage, which is fine. But if you just look at what a creed is or a catechism or anything like that, it's just a statement of, of belief. And that's what the article of faiths are.
0: Awesome. Uh, that, that's helpful. Um, Danet, starting us off, have you have you got anything to uh, to start? Um,
1: with? Yeah, no, it's just um, it's just interesting. Like I have always liked Mormons um, <laughs> because they're always just lovely. They're always lovely. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Um, it, it, you will see, like I always say, that the guys are always these handsome. I'm just saying generally, yeah, handsome lads as we call them. And then the girls <laughs> are always just they're just sort of yeah, you know, good looking girls wearing badges and um they're just always nice um, yeah. i'm sure that's you know something they do intentionally you
2: gotta you gotta you gotta look at this i i'm gonna give mormons credit where credit is due and they live out their faith i mean they live by conviction they live a christian lifestyle most of them i mean if we're gonna say that all mormons are are, you know, are living the Christian life, I think that would be a false statement because I'm sure there are some that that don't, but they hold to the title, just like we would say some Christians, okay? They may be wolves in sheep's clothing, okay? And, um, but you also got to remember that, yeah, they may be living out their faith and their convictions, but why are they doing that? Are they doing that because that's what they think they have to do in order to go to the celestial kingdom? Or is it because they're really convicted by it? And I would say they are really convicted by it. They really believe in what what they're doing. Um and that's the same thing with with Christians too. I think we don't live, you know, because we're scared of some some sky daddy. Okay. We're not I know cringe. (laughs) cringe. But uh, no, it's not because we're scared of hell. It's because we we live with a grace that is found in us. We are crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And We are, we are his workmanship. Okay. Um, so that's one thing that, yeah, you have to give props to, to our Mormon neighbors is that, man, they, they are some, some nice people. And even, even the people that, um, aren't LDS, you know, they will go out of their way and help. And I think Christians need to start taking notes. You know, you are going to find some Twitter trolls here and there that are just not okay, especially towards me, because I'm an apostate. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gone. Yeah. I'm done, skis. Like, I am a son of uh, perdition. Um, a lot of them will debate me on that, but it's true. I'm going to outer darkness if they're true. Um, so, you know, maybe their attitude towards me will be a little different. So that's why, as me, is my ministry, is, is to teach others about um, Mormonism, And to engage with them in such a way that, man, it's kind of like, instead of them going out of Mormonism and into atheism or agnosticism, no, they're coming into Christianity. You know, I think a big deal about it is all the denominational talk, because remember, that's how Joseph Smith started it. Um, You know, there's all these awakenings and methodists and baptists and presbyterians all growing so it's like oh there had to be a great apostasy look at all these denominations but really it, it's it's not like that at all so um we just gotta we just gotta show more love to them
0: and uh, i've got
2: tons of strategies that we can do
0: we'll, we'll get get into um <laughs> into those. so we've got a of in the chat no it's fine um That's cool. let, if you can see the chat i don't know if you can but um no, it's just being yeah. being a troll trying to get us to talk about a certain subject which you might do later on but the um, um go on dan i
1: was just i was just gonna say something um one thing i've always found really fascinating whenever i've spoken to mormons because i have i have had had um i've had a mormon's round for a bible study so they they they, they invited themselves in for to, to to educate me about the bible um and and the the ways of of, of, of uh of mormonism which was interesting um and um, the one thing I always find really you show is is the way they position themselves. So obviously they always have like elder so and so, elder right. this, elder that. And it's, it's, it's I'd be interested in why they why they do that because it's quite it's quite for me it's quite fascinating because what it does is it puts it puts the Mormon in a position of power because right. they're speaking to you from a position of authority. They are the elder. And then right. they, speak, they speak to you. And, and, and because of that, that your position in the relationship in that, that, that social context becomes you are the student. They're the elder yeah. leader and you're, and you're the student. And I remember having a conversation with a couple of missionaries because I asked for their names and they kept saying elder this, elder that. And I said, well, could you give me your first name? Um, because um, because I feel like um, you're, you're putting yourself in a position of power. Uh, over me and I'm a student but I just want you know what is your name and they wouldn't do it and they said what's your name I said well I'm I'm Prophet Roger and <laughs> and and I said and they wouldn't do it I said well I'm that my name is Prophet um, Roger rather than Daniel and, and they and they they wouldn't do it and I said well do you see how do you see how uncomfortable you are referring to me as a prophet well I'm the same I'm I'm as, as uncomfortable referring to you as elder because your uh, and they, they didn't kind of i think they understood it but they were they were unwilling to um yeah. to kind of re- reconsider that but it's just interesting because every interaction yeah they can be nice but it's always yeah. from the position of them teaching you and they yeah. can't learn from you so psychologically it's quite an interesting way they've positioned mormon missionaries position themselves um as yeah I, i'd be interested to hear a little bit more about why they do that and is, is that obviously it is intentional uh yep. but yeah i'd be interested
2: so they they um understand that they hold the melchizedek priesthood okay that is the highest priesthood authority that you can have um and now your name is prophet roger right now so, um, <laughs> sorry um, i love it i love it um so yeah i mean it is a position of authority um, it is saying that, Hey, I am sharing with you what I believe to be the true, new, the true gospel, um, that Jesus, um, and gave to Joseph Smith to restore. I know this. So yeah, it is, it's definitely a hundred percent a position of authority. They hold the Melchizedek priesthood and you don't, which is different than Protestants. Us, I don't know if you, I'm pretty sure you guys are Protestants. I am. And, uh, we hold, we, uh, most of the time. Yeah. On Thursdays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh i lost track <laughs> that funny. Um, a lot but that we believe we, we believe in in the priesthood of all believers okay yeah. that's what we hold to um so anybody can pick up the bible i got one right here and we can say hey this is this is what i believe this is what i i come to understand it to mean and this is what i interpret and i believe other other theologians that have interpreted the same way that they are correct um and they're just you know I, so yeah that is you're 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 100 percent right now my strategy for that for you for saying that is you know um i ask them for their first name too they give it to me because they know i, I i'm not disingenuous with them when i start talking to the missionaries i always say hey listen i i used to be uh, a latter-day saint i actually was about to go on a mission and that kind of just lets them know hey um i'm not I'm not an enemy, but I'm also not trying to fool you. And I'm also not there to be converted because we got to remember these missionaries are on a two year mission um, to convert. They're not there to make friends. They're not there and they will. They don't get me wrong. Missionaries, if you're in the live chat trolling me, I get it. You do make friends, but that's not your job your job is to convert them into your faith. So when you ask them, hey, can I have your name and stuff? You know, they, I, I can see why they didn't give it to you because you still could be a project, a a, a convert. Um, and maybe when you came into the family, that's when they would give you um, their first name. So it, it it definitely is. You're right, Dan. It's just a position of power.
3: Hmm
0: on that on that note of power there was a question that's quite quite good with that is so is there quite a lot of pressure within that mission for for converting people like is there a t- oh yeah and um, yeah yeah so do
2: you have I'm a gonna, I'm, so i can't i can't legitimately say that because i did not go on a mission but from all the stories that i've read and all the all the stories of X Latter Day Saints who did sort of mission, yeah, their mission president, you know, they were hard on them. Um, actually, Michael Wilder just came out with his new book. Um, I haven't read it, um, but I heard an interview about it, and I'm gonna pick it up. But he just said, yeah, they they had quotas per se. You know, hey, they need to be out doing this, knocking on doors, getting baptisms. Um, and yeah, so there is tons of pressure, and we gotta remember these these are kids. Now, when I was when I was getting ready to go on when I was getting ready to go on a mission, it was at 19. All right. Um, Now it's at 18. So we've got, we've got young men and young women who have lived with their mom and dad in their house rent free. um, Never been outside of that, out of their state. Maybe now they're going to who knows, London, uh, South Carolina, um, China, they're going all over the world and they're in a new place. So there's going to be a lot of fear, going to be a lot of homesickness and there's going to be a lot of um uh just a lot of immaturity Hmm. so when they're given that position of power elder that's kind of like their their shield of armor like no i i'm in charge but yeah um yeah so there is pressure and i think we gotta go go down
1: Um, i was gonna say so in terms of when you interact with other with um mormons um who understand you as as a former member of the LDS church does not going on a mission kind of mean that you lack a bit of credibility for them yes, in the sense yeah. that that, that if, if you you're not like you're not you weren't a real mormon there's something that they've if you've gone through that and then changed your mind that would itself let have more you'd have more credibility in terms of is would that be the case
2: yeah, 100%. I've actually been on uh been on some chats and Twitter and uh you know, I'll say, you know, I didn't go on my mission because I had doubts. Um to me, I think that's credible. Um to them mm-hmm. they say, "Well, no, I had doubts and I went on a mission and I came out better than ever."
3: Mm-hmm. Okay?
2: Well, that doesn't mean that I didn't believe and I didn't understand. Um you know, but yeah, definitely. Um, I'm, I'm sure every Latter-day Saint's different, um, but yeah, it's definitely incredible that I left way before um, going on a mission. So yeah, they, they would probably, and also they're talking to an ex-Mormon, so the guard's already up, mm, yeah. you know, so it's already up like, hey, you're an apostate, and I know that you're just going to try to talk me out of it, so you're so anti-Mormon um so it's kind of i'm at a dis- disadvantage so i go at everything with just a heart of hey friendship let's be let's be buddies yeah what
1: um well, yeah well, could you explain a little bit more about um what was i going to say now oh the priesthood of, of melchizedek now, what is that I, i've not i've i've not heard of that I'm, well i mean i've heard right. of
2: melchizedek <laughs> yeah, and, yeah so i'm priest so- but not it does get it does get kind of confusing um so let me just give you just kind of a a, a gist of it It starts with the ironic priesthood and you get that at, at you know tw- ooh, twelve was when I think I got it um it has been a while, but that is when you can kind of um serve the sacraments where they pass around bread and water each sacrament meeting um and you have some sort of responsibility and then then at a certain age then you can start blessing the sacrament all right. Um, and then when you get ready to go on your mission, um, at the age of 18, you could get the Melchizedek priesthood, which is the highest authority. And they get that from Hebrews 11. Um, it, it, correct. Yeah. Hebrews 11, when, um, they're saying that Jesus, you know, the, the writer is talking about Jesus being at the order of Melchizedek. Right? Mm-hmm. So he's the high priest. Um, so it's really just giving him the authority to talk scripture, to, interpret to to bless to baptize to give the holy ghost i mean you get all these more responsibilities so that's just like it in a nutshell um before we get into (laughs) i mean i I could pull out books and tell you what it what it all is but we we don't have time for that but that's just it in a nutshell it's basically and it's only given to men The 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 female the the female do not get that um and uh so like the sisters you'll see sister you know smith or whatever um they don't have that so usually so they're not going to be baptizing anybody hmm. so usually if they have someone come have a convert um they're going to bring in a a male a male elder or even their mission president
0: there's quite a lot of hierarchy there i was just trying to catch get, get the different names so I'm just just kind of going back to the the psychology of just going into a new country on your own is it like, how big is that team because there's quite a lot there is a fear potentially of going to a new country and missionizing but it's quite isolating as well so you end up being quite close-knit with the team that you're you're there with yeah and you're you're not you're only meeting people first time and then you're not going to necessarily build a relationship with and that's both the danger and the kind of ease of short-term mission is the, the hardest selfish evangelism mission is that your family, your your friends who you live with, your work colleagues, the people that you're trying to remain plausible with, it doesn't matter if the stranger thinks you're weird, you, you're only going to see them, I, I may, maybe that's a subjective thing, but there's just something about the psychology of sending a young person overseas, and Christians do this as well, it's not just Church of yeah. Latter-day Saints, but there's just something about that act of sending them out, how, how big is a mission team, uh, and like how much control is exerted over that team. like do you have yeah. is that
3: a standard? No, I don't
2: I I don't I don't have an answer for you because I mean if you're in Raleigh, North Carolina or Charlotte, um even Rock Hill, South Carolina, I mean the mission feels different um hmm. than it is in, in South Dakota. You know, where I grew up, there was only two guys and we had a you know, we had a ward and um the closest mm-hmm. big city was Sioux Falls where there was a little bit more missionaries, but not tons. But so, I mean, I guess it goes by size, you know, yeah. is there a temple nearby, things like that. Um, so yeah, there's no solid answer. Um, and I don't think I would be equipped to even give you a correct answer. Um, because That's like awesome. I said, I know I wasn't, I wasn't on a mission, but like here in Rock Hill, um, I know that there are, uh, there are four sister missionaries and there are four males missionaries um and they have companions they don't all live with each other they they live by twos um and uh, they have different sections that they work and there's two wards so they feel that you know the four sisters and four elders are in four and four males are sufficient so eight and they probably fall under one mission president and his wife um and that's their instruction so like If they, because now they have cell phones and email, um, which they didn't when I would have been going. Um, So I think that's a strategy. That's a plus for us. But even when they email me or I give them my email, um, once they find out that I am ex Mormon, um, they have to almost get things approved um, to continue talking to me. And it usually ends at that one conversation. But for you guys and other non Latter day Saints, um, you're still, you're still yeah you're still you're still considered a possible convert so it's it's great that we need we need people out there
3: hmm. could we could
1: we um could we take a, a kind of segue to the weird stuff in <laughs> <laughs> yeah. this, Let's is, go with. this is interesting talking about you know mission and stuff like that but i want to get to the meat, no, um, to the meat. Do it. what what mormons do believe some weird things i think that's why they tend to be the butt of a lot of jokes, if I I'm, if I'm, I think there is, it seems culturally acceptable to yeah. mock Mormons because on the face of it, they do seem to believe some things that that seem absurd. Which is weird, yeah. because I, I was fine because we do, all. We, we, we all believe weird things. Like we believe that um, a man who was also God um, came to earth as a baby um, and then you know died on a cross for us. It that's weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's <laughs> weird. We, you're right. We all believe my yeah. things. We're, yeah. We're, um, we're, yeah. The but I think there is a gradient of weird, <laughs> and and I think I think some Mormons I think Mormons do believe and stuff on that scale would be higher up the weird scale. So. Um, let's talk about give us a sort of summary of some of the weird stuff so some of the things i've heard uh is that mormons think the original like are they like related to ancient israelites there were battles with hundreds of thousands of people taking place in north america um with animals that weren't actually brought over until Ah. people from europe came over and um golden plates uh uh reformed egyptian uh all sorts of things There's there's, there's yeah. a whole time uh, so could you could you could we just sort of right. let's go through some of the weird stuff
2: is that okay yeah. so so yeah i mean one it's weird um that let's just start from the beginning because if we're going to talk about um mormonism we need to talk about the beginning it's pretty weird that a 14 year old boy just happens to go out into the woods right next to his house and pray and then god and jesus so the father and jesus he saw i mean if we just open up to exodus right there exodus 33 and we see that that moses is talking to god face to face that's a jewish idiom because if we keep reading moses declares god let me Yahweh, let me see your face. And Yahweh is basically saying, if you see my glory, if you see my face, you will surely die. I will show you my back. <laughs> so um, that right there should cut it off. Like, okay, if we believe that, that the Bible is the word of God and, uh, and God himself says, no one can see my face and live. Okay, now there's one red flag. So that right there tells me, um, hey. um, did you really see what you saw all right and then now we have two beings now i i know that orthodox christianity believes in a triune god so now we're separating the people all right so now we have one center of consciousness here and one center of consciousness here that's two gods all right now when you add in the holy spirit or the holy ghost now you get three gods so now we're talking about tritheism um and that gets a little, a little fishy. So that's one weird thing, that he actually saw God, all right? And then just so happens that he finds these gold plates, and we have to say gold because that's what they're saying. Now, there have been arguments that it was made gold in. So it's like plated with gold, so it doesn't make it so heavy. But no, he found gold plates, hmm. all right? Now, Joseph Smith walks with a limp all right he got he got hurt at a very young age and they had surgery on his leg and he's walked with a limp and he finds these gold plates and there's measurements out there and people have done tests i mean it would weigh almost almost 200 pounds or even more
1: um i'm sensing
2: some red flags here And, and the fact is and it just seems weird that 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 one they would be writing in reform egyptian um now I know that if you do a quick Google search to to um to just put in, hey, can I set a reformed Egyptian? I'm pretty sure Google will just start going spaz out because it doesn't know what that is. Um it's not a real language. Mm-hmm. Um so and then why would these Jewish people who came from Israel over to the Americas start speaking a language in which they would be appalled to speak? Remember, these people were slaves in Egypt. For over 400 years, why would they speak that language? Why would they even write in it? it would, they, they would, they would, that would be an abomination to them. They would hate that. <laughs> All right, so there, there's another red flag. But then they write on gold plates, and then it just so happens to be in time, Pell New York, in his backyard, essentially. That's,
3: that's you know, there's
2: another weird flag. And then when he's done translating, which when I grew up, when I was in Sunday school, we always had pictures of him looking at the gold plates and writing it down. There are pictures out there. But then, in 2006, when the gospel topics essays come out, the church has to admit that he used seer stones. Now, that has actually always been out there. So I'm not saying that they were that that people can't just go on the internet and look. But it was written that, or it was always taught in some areas that he was writing it down and dictating it but instead he was putting stones in a hat and looking at it and dictating it so just by the very nature of that that's another weird thing okay that's not how we do translations. second is the plates are not testable we cannot see these plates mm. at all they were they were taken as soon as, as as soon as he was done, boom, the angel Moroni comes down and takes them. Okay, so if I'm if I'm God, let me just play God for like a second, and I am I'm, I'm I'm gonna be a heretic here in a second. But I'm not gonna tell these ancient people that they're gonna restore my gospel because of a great apostasy, and then people can't test it. Hmm. All right, because I'm giving my twelve apostles Um, who are with my son, they're writing in manuscripts to disperse throughout the world, and now we have 5,730 of those that we could go back and actually look at for the Greek New Testament and test and see, but none for the Book of Mormon. Uh Zero. None. So that's another red flag. And then we get into yeah. baptisms for the dead. Oh, sorry, you wanted the weird stuff. Hey, Dan, you yeah. wanted yeah. I mean, this, this, is this relentless. Go on. I mean, the,
1: the, <laughs> an, the angel stuff is is always. I think there's this weird thing about false religions and cults that that all often begin with an angel story. Um, yeah. Because Islam's another interesting one. As well. you have yeah. the angel Gabriel, you know, in the and the Quran, and here we've got um Moron, moroni 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 the yeah. angel Mor- um, yeah are coming down coming down and 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 handing over another new religion but then you have like galatians 1 8 that like explicitly says don't even if an angel comes to you don't trust them um yeah. uh, if they come with a different gospel um it's so weird i mean yeah there's lots of red flags there's 14 year olds are not known for their honesty Um, Or at peak strength. So there's a couple of, I have a couple of concerns there.
4: That's
2: just one concern. That's just one concern. I mean, and then, and I mean, if you just boil everything down too, I mean, if we just look at the Book of Mormon, now this is my argument, and people have said, no, Eric, you're wrong. Listen, the Book of Mormon is very Trinitarian. Okay. It's very Trinitarian. Um, It talks about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being one one God. You know, we got Moroni seven. Oh, what else? Um, I got my notes right here. Hmm. Uh, Moroni seven, second 2 Nephi 31, 21, and Alma 11, 44. Those are just three. And the three witnesses said um, in theirs that, that and by the honor to the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, which is one God. In every book of Mormon, that's what it says. It's highly Trinitarian, but you, we even get the story, the, the 1838 story of of the first vision. Um, that he saw two personages, so it already contradicts that. And then we go into the King Follett discourse that claims that there that that Joseph Smith has always preached a plurality of gods, and that there they are three gods. Um, what um,
1: so when you meant you mentioned Nephi? Um, yeah. So that's a book. That's a book in the Book of Mormon.
2: Yeah, is he's that, also a prophet. Yeah.
1: So that's that's not a Hebrew name, is it? So these are these are Israel like. Is that an, is a Hebrew prophet? But it doesn't have it's it's not really a Hebrew name. Has anyone ever been found to be called Nephi in ancient, in, in the Hebrew?
2: In my studies, in my studies of the Hebrew Bible, which is not, you know, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I've never ran into the name Nephi. Not
1: yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to look at whether I'm sure scholars have is looked at you know, ancient Israelite literature and Hebrew literature and, and, and look if there's any yeah. if any of those names are ever used. Because um, you know, that, that that's often a, something that does correlate with truth. You know, we've got a number of biblical scholars have looked at the New Testament, looked at all the names when people came, all oh, um, you know these names are just made up. Actually, you look and actually at uh, non-biblical literature, and you find those names around at exactly the time you would expect to see them. Oh. It'll be interesting to know uh, whether someone's done that with with Mormonism and the names that they're giving to to book the alleged books.
0: That's one of the <laughs> strengths of the Gospels, massive strengths of the Gospels, with the studies that Richard Borkham has hmm. taken. It wasn't his study, but he sort of uses them, the the graves and the names on graves and how all the, what is it, the unplanned coincidences or something like that? Yeah, undesigned coincidences, yeah. yeah. Of, of having to just go Simon the Serene, you know, not that other Simon Peter, this other Simon, just because it's a, such a common name, they sort of dropped into the text that you kind of just read. And that's evidence that that's actually a really common name at that time in that place. Um,
4: yeah,
0: there's that, that's, that's yeah. stuff you can evidence. So, so at the
1: moment, so let me just—I'm just trying to get my head around it. So the first, because what what's the link with native with with Native Americans? Do they think they were the? Because I'm sure I've read some again. I'm just throwing out stuff that might not be true. Yeah, but I have heard that they that the native they think Native Americans were actually an Israelite tribe or, or were ancient hebrews obviously if you test their dna i mean that's just that's just evidently false that's because they yeah. they crossed the land bridge between uh russia and, and the north america you know probably before the ice age and and that's yeah. why they have gen- genetically similar to um you know those in mongolia and and um that's all part of uh, asia so is it do they believe that do they believe that what's the thing with native americans and
2: yes yeah, yeah so so you're gonna get you're gonna get um latter-day saints like like what I was what I was brought up in and my mom yeah that is exactly what they are um and then you're gonna get some I guess newer latter-day saints that um, are gonna be more into the apologetic side and they'll say well yeah yeah but we don't know all the tribes of the Na- the Native Americans and we got to remember that the that the Lamanites wiped out the the, the Nephites. So they're completely wiped out. So we can't we can't know for sure what that's going on. So I mean, you're gonna get those arguments, but yeah, essentially that is what he what Joseph Smith claimed is that because in that time um, in the 18 in the 1820s, 1830s, you know, Native Americans were very uh, they just didn't know people just didn't know where, where they came from, um, and there was it was called not the book, so not the Hebrew. Not, not, not the letter to the Hebrews, but it was called the Book of the Hebrews, um, was very influential at that time, uh, and it, and it, and it made the thesis, the theory that Native Americans came from the Jewish or from the Middle East, um, mm-hmm. and we know that by DNA that that's that that's false. Um, but yeah, that was definitely something that just Smith definitely could have picked up and read, um, mm-hmm. or even heard stories, um, and then hey, this is what I'm gonna add.
0: hi there this is phil Duncarf. thank you so much for listening to the critical witness podcast if you like what you hear please do subscribe share the episode and write a review it will help others find us and if you really like what you hear and want us to grow please do consider supporting us through patreon.com forward slash critical witness enjoy the rest of the show
1: So, so what are some of the? Um, I guess on the face of it, it seems implausible a lot of what 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 you've said. But what I guess will be interesting for me, well, for us to, to hear is what I mean. Are there more pointed criticisms of those claims, and what what would Mormons say in response? Because I'm sure there are a lot of intelligent Mormons, uh, as there are in any group, who you know, apologists, philosophers, theologians, etc. Yeah. I mean. Are there in your, you know, in your experience, are there more plausible responses to some of those things or is it more of a brush off? Uh, or, it's all, or
2: Yes. So I might I might have to concede on this question because that's not a focus of mine. Um, but I have seen an argument, like I said before, you know, that that, well, the DNA proves that they're not from ancient Israel or mm-hmm. from the Hebrew. Um, but we don't Not necessarily know just this.
1: I, I mean, more okay. generally. So in terms of like the, the golden plates, um, reformed Egyptian, you know, these sorts of the sort of things we outlined that were that seemed prima facie implausible. Like what 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 are there Are there good responses to those things or are they more um, sort of pointed criticism, of you know, reformed Egyptian and things like that? Because what Because I guess I'm thinking is it seems like there's several things that seem implausible. And yet. Yeah mormonism is growing and there's lots of mormons and there's lots of intelligent mormons who must respond to those things and i'm not aware of it because yeah. sort of, i very rarely encounter mormons but what are you aware of what they might say in response to how they would defend those views
2: yeah so um it really just depends on the argument but if they do get stuck in a corner their thing is faith we live by faith mm-hmm. and we 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 you know we prayed i know that this is true because i prayed about it all right so they the in Burning, burning in the bosom and that they prayed, you know, I think it's Moroni 10, uh, Moroni 10, ask you to pray for these things. Um, so yeah, it really just depends on the, ar- the argument um, being presented. But yeah, there are a lot of intelligent um, LDS philosophers um, out there. Yeah. And um, yeah, they would probably be better, especially with the DNA thing. I stay away from that because I don't even know how DNA works because my yeah. kids have red hair and my wife's got red hair, but look at me, I'm brown and they don't have a single brown on them. So I don't know how that's um, so, uh, it, yeah.
0: it, it It is interesting that the burning of the bosom is such a, a big thing. We get, we get a few Mormons occasionally around my way. There's, um, there's a small temple uh, fairly near Guildford, I think, but we get a couple every now and then. And it has been, I would, Pray about it. You'll get a burning in your heart. And I, I, where does that where, where does that come from? How, how come that weighs so much as an evidence? Because uh, that's very, very subjective.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. It could have been just I bad, mean, bad food.
2: I mean, feelings are important. I think feelings, having, having your faith is important. And I have a mm-hmm. feeling and I have faith that Jesus is risen from the dead. I mean, that's what makes me a prism. That, that a prism? No, that's what makes me a Christian. Okay. Uh, excuse me, I misspoke. I'm going to get trolled. <laughs> <That's> so, <good. laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, that that is a feeling that I have. Um, you know, I haven't gone to the grave site, so I don't know if Jesus' body isn't there. But I do know that I have sufficient evidence from people that were at the tomb. Um, so I put my faith and trust in their testimony and in. And that the Holy Spirit has revealed this truth to me. Um, so I guess that's essentially the same thing, um, except they don't have any empirical evidence to go behind it. Um, I do think it's telling that if the Book of Mormon is the restored Word of God and that it's an it's an it's a it's a it's a another testament of Jesus Christ, um, then why is it asking us to pray about it? But the Bible doesn't. Yeah. I think that's telling. You know, the the apostles never said, hey, go, go pray about what we're saying. No, they said this is what it is. And uh, Jesus Christ is coming back. Hmm. And this is the truth. This is what we saw. This is what we witnessed. This is Jesus. He is the Son of God, and he is bringing the kingdom back. And you need to repent of your sins, be baptized, and go and make disciples. You know, it wasn't. Well, go home, pray about it, read it, read, read my letter, um, sit there, talk about it and pray about it. And if you if you like it, let's go. No, it wasn't like that at all. So I think that's telling. I think it's really telling. It shows that. hmm, Did whoever wrote if these men are real, let's just play that they're real. Did they believe what they actually wrote down? If you're asking people to pray about it. No, I don't think they did. It's hey, mm. if you are saying the truth, if I'm on a court stand right here, I'm not gonna say, Hey, Your Honor, just pray about what I'm saying. I didn't kill these people. Yeah. Just pray about it. Just pray about it. No, I'm gonna say, no, listen, I wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. I am no, not the guy.
1: I remember when I had had a Mormon Ram for the Bible study and and we got onto this sort of burning in the bosom type thing. He's like, You just pray. And I said, So I tried to sort of, bit sort of Socratic sort of question I sort of asking us, sort of, well, have have you ever felt, have you ever believed something to be true and felt that it was true, and it turned out not to be the case?
3: Um,
1: because I'm sure we all have. We all felt that, you know, we've all believed and f- had a feeling that someone was innocent of something, and actually it's later turned out that not to be the case. Um, and I said, well, if not that, I said other, you know, other instances. Some, you know, sometimes you. Um, you know you don't feel like you don't feel like doing something but actually you ought to do it despite the feeling you know you don't feel like getting up and going to work uh, and providing for your family yet you ought to you know so the yeah. thing about feelings is that yeah feelings do often correlate with things that are true you know or things yeah. you believe to be true um but actually if if, it, if it's plausible that you you can be mistaken it does seem somewhat risky to predicate your beliefs uh really they're reducible to to whether you have a, a fear having having the right feeling indicates truth and the absence of the feeling um indicates falsehood um yeah. and i did i did try to push it i felt a little bit sorry because it, it's like you said there's this 18 year old boy american yeah. in england you know in south london and i felt a little bit sorry for him because i didn't want to he, he was he was there sort of doing his presentation and it was it was a bit naff but he was trying really hard and he's doing you know it was a bit practice for him probably and and i did give a bit of pushback but i started to, i started to felt in my own fear, so my feelings i started to feel a bit bad cuz i didn't want to like you know crush him but i also wanted to at least at least sort of at least sort of raise some doubts actually yeah. that there are there are some there are some problems with what you're saying and then yeah. he sort of you know um, Tried to stay in contact with him but they don't they didn't want to i don't think he wanted to come back um it, but it, i was very. Gonna, i'm always nice hard, right? i'm always nice but I just...
2: yeah it, it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard because also i mean um i know you guys are pretty theologically um smart and trained and things like that and um it, it's so easy for us who are theologically minded and trained professionally to just i mean hammer down a systematic theology book like hey man this is not, and here's why: the Homoousios. And then we start speaking Greek to them, and they're like, "What is this guy doing? <laughs> Way over his head." Mm-hmm. Um, And that's, you know, we have this urge. We have this urge, to just like, "No, you're in a cult," and blah 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 blah. When I think we need to stop, we need to take a step back and actually listen, hear their presentation, and obviously depend on the Holy Spirit. And and, and <laughs> so you know what? You know what? Here's where I think you may be misinterpreting something that you're showing me here's what I believe now. Um, and tell me what's wrong with my belief, you know, give them that, give them that opportunity to tell you what they think is wrong and be like, well, can you show me since we both believe in the Bible, can you show me in the Bible where that that my belief is wrong? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that just, that opens up the door It lays the table out, it builds a rapport to maybe having these gospel conversations. Um, and that's, that's what I, I, I really like to train people on because I, I'm guilty of this. Coming out, I was angry. I was angry at my family. I was angry at friends, all because I felt lied to. I mean, it was to the point of hatred. Like, I, I don't want to be around you. And then it's just like, what am I doing? Like, this is not, if I'm crucified with Christ, I need to express Christ and I want to express Christ and I need to forgive. So, and then I just realized that it's not their fault. They're still deceived by Joseph Smith. You know, none of these, none of these young men, young women, old men, old women, just these, these Mormons, they're not, they're deceived by a man who was out to, for his own. He didn't care. He doesn't care about them. He didn't care about any of them. He cared about himself. How did he benefit? Um, and, well how did Joseph bene- Smith benefit? Well, he benefited sexually, all right. So he had he had more than one wife. Some some say it would be 40. All right. So not only does he disqualify as an elder and, and leader of a church by having more than one wife, um, but then he also profited from the church. When the church became big, he profited that money. I mean he started his own his own city, Nauvoo, all right. And then he became, or he ran for president. So he had money. He gained power, got power, wealth, and and sex. That's what he gained. Now, will uh, um, um, what's his name? I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, Cold Case it's Christianity. Sorry. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, what, um, uh, what Wallace? Um... Yeah, Wallace. Well, so Wallace. Um, the cold case the homicide detective says there's three motives on why people commit crimes: hmm. sex, um, power, and money. Justice Smith fits all three of those. All right, hmm. and it's a classic narcissistic move, um, and and a lot of people, millions of people, have fallen for it, and it's just it 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 brings the empathy in. And I think if we start thinking of it like that, we become more gracious to them. Because I right now, I, I, Mormonism started as a cult. It's no longer a cult. It is a world religion. They have their own set of beliefs, mm-hmm. all right, that are outside of Christianity. They are not Christians, they are Mormons. They, they believe in Mormonism. They have their own set of beliefs. And here's why they're not Christian, because we, there's no Christian denomination that would accept their baptism, none, yeah. all right? right. Two. They don't teach Orthodox Christianity. And three, they won't call us Latter-day Saints. So they want to be in our in our group, but they won't let us in their group as we are. We would have to get baptized into their church. We would have to accept all their beliefs to be considered Latter-day Saint, which means that we would have to denounce everything that we already believe. So they can't have their cake and eat it to you on this one. Mm. Um, That's really interesting. So
0: and is is there a side um so with islam there's very much uh you can share the book but the book's been corrupted um kind of thing of you'll find muhammad in the bible but when you show that he's not there oh your book's been corrupted kind of thing so it's very circular is there anything like that with mormonism where it's like we've got jesus but your old testament your new testament isn't this new testament new testament
2: yeah So what, what we have is the eighth article of faith, which states that we believe in the Bible to be the word of God as long as it's translated correctly. We also okay. believe that the Book of Mormon is the word of God. Okay. Um, I think right there, that's awesome. I think, okay, you believe the Bible to be the word of God, period, end of sentence, case closed. But it still goes on as long as it's translated correctly. Okay. Let's talk about this. What do yeah. you mean by translated? Because do you know Greek? Do you know Hebrew? hmm i know well, a little bit let me take you <laughs> if they're willing they're usually not but what they mean is i i've asked them i've asked many of them it means how we interpret some things in the bible so it it comes down to interpretation so i think that the most important thing that we can do is say well this is what i understand it to mean. what do you understand it to me okay so are you, now that we ask are you coming into it with a presupposition already from your church is that what you believe based on what you've heard or what you've actually studied? Because if we talk about, you know, baptisms from the dead, that's in one area. And Paul is not even, it's its not prescribed at all. If we talk about, you know, men becoming gods, they go to John 10, 35, you know, we can say, listen, he's quoting Psalm 82, all right? He's quoting mm-hmm. Psalm 82 because they're about to stone him. He's, Jesus is actually claiming deity right there. He's mm-hmm. claiming that he is God. So it's not that you can become God. You know, Then it's be perfect, therefore, because my father in heaven is, is perfect. So they practice Christian perfectionism, which was something that uh, Charles Finney uh, uh, preached. Okay, So that's, that right there shows them that uh that there was a time frame that he was there anyway um and then there's also do not judge lest you be judged so they don't like being judged but if we read the whole passage it can't possibly because jesus even says and when you judge so is he contradicting himself then we go to faith and works if faith and works are not dead so we can just show them just by reading our bible to them Mm -hmm. just by reading and saying listen that's obviously not the correct interpretation you know, um, I also find that they like to talk about Ezekiel 11, uh, that's off the top of my, or Ezekiel 33, 11, or maybe it's 18. It's talking about the two sticks and the two sticks, Judah and Ephraim will be conjoined. Well, they're taking that word sticks and thinking that's a book. Now we can just do a oh. simple word study and know that sticks here means sticks. Mm. And that it's, that it's a symbolism for that these two nations are going to come back together. All right. Because they were scattered. Um, It doesn't mean two books. I've never known that sticks mean books. <laughs> so the Bible does not talk about the book of Mormon because it's not something that <laughs> was ever prophesied about. Yeah. Uh,
0: it's, it's all these things. I mean, it, there's some elements of what you're saying of, of this idea of like interpreted correctly and uh, that actually you can kind of see within some christian denominations or christian practice as well like the, the number of christians that will get their theology from oh, here's this verse here here's this verse here here's this verse here we mash them together and we get mm-hmm. our, our theology um so you can see where they they get that but so within even within christian circles you know well, what does the text say right. and you kind of unpick that and
2: 100 uh, percent agree with you <laughs> i think i think you know there's a lot of things going on in, in christianity especially in america and and there's a lot of, well, this is the worst thing that could happen to the church. No, no. The worst thing that's happening in the church right now is biblical illiteracy. We say that we believe this book right here, but we don't read it mm-hmm. and we don't understand it. And I think that's the key right there. As long as we understand, if we can humbly go to the word, we're not, we're not going to the word to critique it. We need to pray and say, you know what, Father, I'm not here to critique your word. I'm here to humbly submit to your word. And what does your word say? And that's mm-hmm. the problem. Is Mm -hmm. we're going to it saying, "Ooh, what's it say about this?" You know, we don't go to a cookbook looking to learn how to fix our cars. Why do we go to the Bible and look for things that it wasn't intended to do? Mm. And and I think that's the major issue. And so yeah, shame on Christians for doing that. Um, mm. I know I'm guilty too. When I want my position to pass, I'm going to throw you as much as I can because <laughs> I don't want to be wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I win by uh, weight of verses out of context.
2: Yeah, exactly, exactly. If I want to be right, um, here, here we go. But uh, really, we just need to we just need to submit to the word, and that's that's what I call every every Mormon to do. Is if you believe in the bible to be the word of god as long as it's translated correctly or inspired or interpreted correctly are you willing to submit to a different interpretation
3: hmm.
2: are well, you willing I'm... to submit until you're wrong i'm sorry keep going down okay no I, 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 how
1: you keep going no it's just having. A few...
2: I, I will sit here and preach all day i love it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i've had a, uh, a couple more sort of questions um yeah so do many do many LDS people actually leave the church? Is there, uh, is there sort of because I've always thought that, um, I wasn't sure whether they are. I mean, because we are there's a, there's a, especially in, in certain areas where there are lots of Mormons, there'd be quite a, i imagine, um, you know, quite a significant social cost to leaving the church. Yeah. Um, so that, that was one question. The other thing was. In terms of your own experience, I mean, um, do you have much sort of tension now with like your? I'm assuming your mum is still a Mormon. Uh, you know, are you? Is it like the JW's where you're kind of shunned or a Mormons? You sort of seen as right, you've left, but actually, will still we can still have a relationship? Um, how how does that kind of kind of work?
2: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there are a lot of Mormons that do leave. Um, maybe some of them are for um, social issues. Um, maybe some of them are, you know, for the same issues as I had. I just found it to be inaccurate. Um, and then there's some that just leave because it was very, it's very legalistic. And then they're just dumb with religion. And most, most people don't pick up Christianity again. They just leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind are just more religious. Um, I know a few, I actually, one of, one of the elders that I am still friends with today, um, you know, he, he is, he's religious and uh, I still talk to him and uh, I pray for him. He's in my circle of prayers. Um, because I mean, he, he wants to have that relationship with Christ, but I think, you know, there's a lot of hurt, a lot of hurt. Um, and yeah, there is some shunning. Um, I was never shunned by my mother. Um, and my mother is a blessed lady. She, she is, she is an amazing woman and, uh, she is a strong woman. Um, raising me to be strong is something. Um, and, uh, no, she never shunned me even though she probably should have for the way that I treated her. Um, but she never did. Um, so I'm grateful for that, but yeah, there are some friends that just keep their distance Mm -hmm. from me. Um, and I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that say, yeah, it's because it's a culture you're leaving a culture. It's a completely different culture. Um, even though most of them live in america it they have an American culture, but they also have a a very personal r- religious culture that we need to understand um and I think that um there's a few ministries out there um that that help people like that um and for for evangelicals and just people that know people that come out of- mormonism i mean we just need to be there i mean be <laughs> be a neighbor you know love them. um so and so as a, just,
1: sorry no carry on please sorry
2: no i'm done i'm
3: done
1: um, ramble but, all day, bro. Uh, so i'm bro. so with with a group i think we we can really they have some unconventional beliefs yeah. why, why why are they so successful because they do seem to be intensive of numbers like they are there's a lot of mormons like around wow. there's a lot of mormons is it just are they just having lots more babies or uh, <sighs> or, 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 or are they very effective um you know missionaries like what 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 why are they why are they so successful when they believe such seemingly odd things?
2: So one is the babies. Yeah, all, a lot of them are born into it. Um, but then two, I mean, this is just my my, my theory, um, and I think I, I'm on good precedence on this, is that um, they, be, they philosophically answer a lot of questions. Um, I mean, you've got families can be together forever. I have a wife and a daughter, or Anna, and a son, excuse me, I have two kids and a wife. Oh, man, I'm going to get troll for that one too. <laughs> 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 my, my oldest son, now now yeah, he, he, he's awesome. Um, but I can be with them forever, and they're sealed to me. And, and I, they'll always be my son, and she'll always be my wife. And uh, it's just great. It's great. I could be with them. Um, and we have sort of like that in Christianity that we will live as brothers and sisters in Christ with Christ for all eternity mm. um, for those who believe in him. So we have that sense, but not in the same sense as Mormonism. You know, um, I'm not saying that I'm not going to, I won't be married to my wife, but that doesn't mean I won't have a special bond with her. Mm. Um, you know, um, cause I'll be married to Christ. I'm as the church, we are his bride. Mm. Um, but then also, I mean, they have a doctrine of the pre-mortal existence um i mean this is this is a huge philosophical thing like where were we before we existed well mormonism has an answer to it well you were in in heaven with your heavenly father and you were just waiting for for your time
3: Mm -hmm. all
2: right and you you chose this life you chose the life that you're living and you have a body because you chose the plan of salvation that was offered by jesus in the pre-mortal life before the creation of the world um and philosophically that's like oh yeah cool so I chose this you know unless you're poor and you're struggling with depression and you're struggling with all these things like did I pick this no I didn't pick this <laughs> it's, have, you know,
4: have
1: you ever seen um Disney Pixar's soul it's like a, yeah it made me I think of know. that is just like that all these little souls and you think, oh, yeah. jump into the earth is it is that kind of I mean it sounds a, bit a silly way of thinking about it but it is <laughs> it felt a bit like that it's that cool. so you yeah. choose it
2: yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, you kind of do. Um, I mean, I, I apparently choose, chose my mother. Uh, I chose to live this life now, which makes mm. doesn't it kind of? I mean, obviously, there are things that happen in life that I choose differently because they are big, free, free agency, free will. Um, so you know, I chose this life, but then because I made different choices, things are going a different way for me. Mm. You so know, you I may have chosen to have false life.
1: beliefs. So you can choose to have false see, beliefs. So, so that, I, that,
4: that doesn't make that, sense. That, if
1: you're if you're with father, yeah. and you know that it exists, you have this pre mortal existence. So yeah. you're saying people are actively choosing to have false beliefs and accept yeah. false narratives. It seems.
3: Bizarre.
2: Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure a, a latter day saint philosopher would would reject that. Um, and say, no, you were probably shown this plan. You chose that. And because of your choices now and your free agency, you've gone off the path. Okay. Um, I think that would be the rebuttal to that. Um, and yeah. I would just say, well, no, we, we don't. And their basis, their basis for premortal existence is Jeremiah 1.5, where God tells Jeremiah that before I knitted you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Then it goes to verse six. So they're inserting, oh well, they're they're making this this logical conclusion. Well, if God knew Jeremiah, then Jeremiah knew God. No, no, (laughs) pump your brakes. (laughs) You got to remember, we're not we're not um, omniscient. All right. Isn't Um, that? And we never will be.
0: 139 as well that he knows. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. exactly.
2: I think that's a a plausible argument to say no. God knows all, so he can know everything before the foundations of the world. OK, yeah, he yeah. did. <laughs> um, and and really he knows all any, contingencies, know. he knows even all free choices before they even happen.
3: Okay? Mm-hmm.
2: He knows those um, or else he would not be omniscient. He would not be sovereign. Um, and and that is where I know there's probably a Calvinist shooting me right in the head right now. That's all right. <laughs> um, so so that's that's a good argument against that. And my opinion is like, listen, there's no way we existed before. Before mm. this body, we did not exist. We were nothing.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, before That's... God created the universe, there was a pre-material
3: universe. That yeah. Was... Is that...
2: Yeah. So they do believe that God created the world out of pre-existing matter. and well, I just he... that up. I didn't realize that was real. Yeah. I was just taking it. Right. Yep. 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 So they believe that God created the world, or Elohim. We got a... so God or Heavenly Father, Elohim is what His name would be. Um, that uh it's not yahweh even though so just grammatically or just just the hebrew is incorrect there um that he was a man that lived on an earth just like jesus christ did and now he's an exalted god and then made the earth out of pre-existing matter okay um and that's when we get into the men can become gods one day of their own worlds okay Mm -hmm. Um, some people debate that and say, no, they don't believe that. No, listen, we've got to talk about that because we're saying that if God, uh, Lorenzo Snow said, um, what man is God once was what man can become. I'm sorry. I messed it up. But (laughs) there's a saying that God used to be a man on another, on, on his own world exalted and we can become gods one day and we can become like God. And, you know, you're gonna get a lot of people saying, well, that's just, we just believe in the doctrine of the- theosis. Well, that's not what Athanasius was teaching when he mm. was teaching the doctrine of theosis. Um, so that's that's another thing.
0: This, so uh, even just that whole idea that we get other gods, uh, we become our own gods is is quite a fascinating idea in and of itself. Um, that's got to be quite – I've not quite ever got to that point with uh, a Mormon missionary to ask about becoming a god. <laughs> that's got to be further on down the line of that conversation. As, as you're sort of preparing to go on to mission, maybe, maybe we'll go on to a little bit of conversation about mission and, and the difference now. Okay. Given you're, um, you're, you're kind of, I guess, a Christian missionary in that sense. But th- how, how much prep or – um training or i don't know what we might, might call it um do more than missionaries get before they go out is it because I'm, I'm guessing that when they go out they're all paid f- expenses paid for so it's, it's quite a.
2: no it's not it's not all expenses paid for they have to do a lot of saving um a lot okay. of them are paying it out out of their pocket and if they're speaking another language um it just depends on language but i think some of it's like six months to a year um you know just on average six months to a year they have to learn the language and things like that i know, ne- like i never went there um mm-hmm. but yeah i just i just remember i had to start a savings account for a mission and i, I actually never did um mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah um, right. but yeah so so, so, so they, they do, do pay start- for it out of pocket
0: Listen, I, I kind of assumed that the um that was all part of like the church finances was to get that's why the, I, I don't know why i'd assume that i guess because they're so effective i thought that was something that the church put money into was to um get get people on mission but uh, so, so what, what is then is is the basis like how, how does every mormon have to go on mission
2: um to be a good mormon yes um especially males like you said um especially males. They are very pressured. You start at a very young age. I was, remember, it's it's almost indoctrination. It really is <clears throat> that you are told, um, you know, learn, learn the book of Mormon, learn, learn this and go on mission. And uh, you do this because it's part of the covenant and you're fulfilling the covenant laws, just like getting married in the temple and getting sealed to your kids and paying tithing. Now, these are all work-based things. Yeah. you know you have to do it to be exalted to, to to go to the celestial kingdom and that's the ultimate goal um and that's their that's their top tier heaven is the celestial kingdom um so, so yeah
0: many uh, definitely... a, a smaller planet the lesser mormon you are no like, kind of... uh, uh,
2: no that's that all that stuff's kind of debatable based on what like, there's more there's a lot less teaching that you become that you become a God of your own world and there is on you all live in the celestial kingdom with heavenly father and your family. Um, but there is a teaching there that you would, uh, you know, so like Joseph Smith, I would say probably got his own world. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, so the goal is to live with heavenly father in celestial kingdom with your family. And the only way you can do that is to do this list. You got to pay your tithing. Men have to go on, Missions, you have to be sealed. Your kids have to be sealed.
4: You know, mm. you you have
2: to pay your tithe, you have to be a temple recommended person. And in order to get a temple recommend, you have to you have to do this. You have to live the word of wisdom. You have to you have to pay your tithe, things like that. So um, that's very work based, um, and that's that's not a gospel.
0: <laughs> no, no, it's not. So and I guess in in your transition, you said there's a bit of an agnostic phase between mormonism and christianity yeah so in that agnostic space like and a lot of your friends leaving mormonism haven't quite made that journey what was it that really made you investigate after
3: Mm.
0: after all that hate anger um that you said being lied to what is it about christianity that drew you into it was it a friend was it
2: yeah so really my mother-in-law um I was when I was in the military, I served two deployments to Iraq. And my second one was probably the most heart-wrenching one. Mm-hmm. Um, and anybody who knows me knows that me and my mother-in-law are very competitive towards each other. Um, and we don't, we, we get along very well, but we don't act like it. We always act like we're, no, no, like we we're not good on teams together. You know, we always try to get each other out if it's a game or whatnot, but uh, <laughs> she was someone that, was by my side lived her christian faith and i saw that and i said wow she is living what she believes and it changed my mind it got me to investigate it it got me to say you know what i want that um and I didn't really use anybody else. I, you know, I talked to a chaplain and I talked to some other guys that were Christian. I had a hard time with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I just thought, you know, why would God ever want someone who's done what I've done, um, not just in war, but just in general, you know, so I had to learn about forgiveness. But then it just came down to, you know, loving. Mm. Loving myself, loving people, loving, changing, changing. Like the Holy Spirit just changed my heart and I wanted to learn more and more and more. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was just because I saw it in my mother-in-law and I saw her just live out the gospel. Mm. And I think that's what Christians need to do more of. We need to live Mm. out the gospel. We need to, what Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, walk in wisdom towards outsiders making the most of your time and have your speech gracious as those seasons with salt. So you know how to respond. Mm-hmm. And I, we need a lot more of that. We need a lot more of that to live out the gospel, live out what we believe the hope that's within us. You know, everybody's like, no, well, first Peter three fifteen, we have to give a defense. Well, guess what? The best defense is what you're living mm-hmm. because if you're living a way that shows that this is just a check, so that you go to heaven why would anybody want to come to that nobody nobody's going to want to do that after questioning it mm.
0: yeah definitely uh, so good so <laughs> all right that's that that is a huge part of it that i'm seeing in, in the sense of um yeah just my own experience of, of seeing missionaries who get that who get that understanding that being on mission isn't a thing that proves you're christian um like there's you may be called to the mission field you may be called to to x but that's that's not the bit that proves you're a christian or even i know i've seen the the bad side of of, of missionary zeal as well on a christian sense just I, I guess maybe maybe a bit of works in, in there as well but just just recognizing that how you live must accommodate the teachings that you're you're preaching right. um have you had to like unpick in your like what what, i guess what was was most surprising in your exploration of christianity what was most surprising or what stood out to you about the difference between christianity and i mean you talked a little bit about works and the things that might save you but what were the things that you really had to unpick before you could accept christianity
2: yeah so the hardest thing to accept was was the trinity um that was the hardest thing to ever come by. But um, to me, the incarnation doesn't make sense without the Trinity. Hmm. Um, if we didn't have a Trinity, if we didn't have a triune God, Philippians 2 verses 5 through 11 makes zero sense. Um, and for the atonement to work, God had to die. The son of God had to die for the atonement to, to wash away our sins. All right. To to take, to to cover up our sins. And you can't do that without a Trinity. Um, And then just, the Bible wouldn't make sense if God was not triune.
4: Um,
2: At least in my mind, this is my, my outpouring. Um, It could make sense to other people and they don't hold to the Trinity. I don't see how they don't see that, but uh, it's there. You know, when Jesus says that if you have seen the father, you have seen me. And I am in the fathers. I mean, I am in the father. You know, and that I will give you my spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Trinitarian language. Nice. Um, so that was hard for me, but to realize that, and to realize that, you know, the the Son of God, Jesus, the incarnated Son of God, died on the cross for me while I was yet a sinner. He died for me, and that if I need to. If I wanna be his disciple, I must pick up my cross and follow him. Man, to me, that's just, that's just heart-wrenching, man. That's, that's, that's the best news in the world is that while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And that only makes sense if, he, if the second person of the Trinity came down off his throne, humbled himself to become a servant and humbled himself to die on a cross and to bury and then raise again.
0: Other than that, it's if, if that never happened, this is just this is just gab. We're we're just gabbing along. Yeah, who must to be pitied. Yeah. Um, uh, as, I, I guess, what's fascinating and mostly, I guess, for certain So, I mean, did you own a Bible, like as, as a more? Yeah. So, so all that, like, it, how does that? Is that. <laughs> make you a bit frustrated that it was there all along and you just didn't see it or or like it wasn't taught to you like, yeah how-
2: it definitely was not taught so and i'll i'll say this right now i don't care any any LDS can write me an email or not but you don't read your bible not as much as you read that book of mormon right. you know you'll see hey i'm going to read my book of mormon today i say hey when's the last time you read the gospel of john mm. um, and uh you know i it was right there, but we're told that the Book of Mormon supports the Bible, and it's, it's there, but you know, really with the Book of Mormon and just the teachings of the church, I mean, that's big, because if we look at the teachings of the church and what the, Bo- or what the Book of Mormon says, it doesn't connect the contradicts, all right? Because remember, Joseph Smith was a, was a tri-theist. The Book of Mormon's Trinitarian, because there's plagiarism in there, all right? He takes a lot of stuff from the King James Bible. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing, but it's, there's just so much, you know, th- nowhere in the Bible where you say you can't have hot drinks, <laughs> <laughs> no, Not there. Nice, nowhere, nice nowhere, nowhere, nowhere in the Bible will you say that we existed before the foundations of the world. Um, and we were spirit children, you know, nowhere will you find that Jesus Christ and Lucifer, Satan, our half brothers, and nowhere will you find that Jesus is a literal spirit child of Heavenly Father, the firstborn, begotten. Begotten. When we see John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I am pro begotten. If it says one and only, I'm like, ooh, it means begotten (laughs) because that means eternal generation. All right, that jesus is eternally generated from the father that's what makes him begotten all right it yeah. doesn't mean that he was the literal born from a heavenly mother okay that but that, that means that we are arians if we believe that we we believe in a created jesus and that he is just a mere human which means that his death on the cross is insufficient and we're dead in our sins still yeah yeah and and that's that's important. So, yeah, we had Bibles. We had a four stack. We had the King James Bible, the Book of Mormon, the Pearl of Great Price, and the Doctrine and Covenants. Actually, switched to Doctrine and Covenants and then Pearl of Great Price. And it would come in this huge black, I had a black one with my name on it. Um, but no, you don't turn to the Bible. Mm-hmm. That's what the Christians believe. <laughs>
0: That's uh, what I'm going to, to them.
2: Right, right. Um, and they spend very little time. Uh, you know, each year they, they have they have lesson plans, and I think last year was um, the Bible, and they only spent a week in Romans, one Sunday in Romans? Are you kidding me? Wow. John Piper spent eight years in Romans, eight yeah. years, and he still gets stuff from Oh, cool. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
3: Sorry, Kevin. Is- kidding, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. kidding. The, the Holy John <laughs> <Tom> Piper.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and but and then th- this year is doctrine and covenants so they go through a year but man i remember going in high school i'd have to leave the high school and go to seminary That's what they call it for high school instead of going to like homeroom or something and they would just teach the book of mormon mm-hmm. um and it's just it's just yeah the bible's right there but they're not opening it and when they do open it it's to support their presupposition
0: yeah yeah, so sort of I mean one Sunday in Romans to there's gotta be just a few verses, that, that's, yeah. that's, that's man. So I know mean, oh, we're of we're at an hour and a half and um, we, we've covered quite a bit. So th- those of you listening, if you've got any questions for Eric, um, feel free to to fire them in if there's anything else you want to ask him at this time. Uh, I and mean, there's, there's a bunch of other things just from your testimony that have come up in there that uh I don't know if you want to come on again and talk about that, but be interested in talking about um, forgiveness and uh, being an ex-soldier. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, and now, now even in that, there's this huge amount of testimony in there. If you're ever happy to talk about that as well, yeah. Um, oh yeah. yeah. Are Mormons allowed to fight in the military? Are they allowed to join <laughs> the
2: military? I'm, yeah, yeah, definitely. I've served along a few Latter-day Saints. Yeah, they're not pacifists. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, right. And you got to remember that i mean they are essentially christian nationalists and in a way it started in i mean they believe that the garden of eden is in missouri and that the second coming is coming in missouri and 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 i mean everything is about the american white man essentially remember people with dark skin are cursed or they used to be i'm not saying they believe that now no latter day saint believes that now no so yeah none of them do and if they do then they're just being racist racist and they need to drop it because it's that's a sin Mm. but back then back then they believed that people with dark skin had the curse of cain okay Mm. and they were cursed and it it was formed on american soil to show that america is just great and it's 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 a form of christian nationalism is Mm. what that is so Um, so, yeah, yeah they definitely are patriotic people um and uh yeah, I guess more power to him. If you like that sort of, sort of thing, I lean more towards the pacifist side now
0: that I'm not a But That's mm. Yeah. I've been reading, um, Preston Sprinkle's book, uh, which was called fight, but I think it's been republished under a different name, but it's, it's quite interesting. I don't think he's f- fully pacifist when he wrote it, but it was just quite interesting. I'm quite there on some, some of the bits, but there's definitely yeah. more to it than I think a lot of people give, uh, credence to, um, Dan, any, any, last questions while we, we start wrapping up
1: no I, I got tons more i want to talk about in terms of the the sort of odd things that, that <laughs> um,
0: what what do mormons
1: think of the of the the production um the book of mormon like is that because they seem to they seem to take in quite good good cheer like it seems to be in there they, yeah, they're kind of happy with it
2: yeah it's definitely a divine miracle that that it's that it's there um so you just, I mean, I, I, I think that miracles also produce evidence. You know, um, mm-hmm. Jesus didn't just wave his hand and bam, it was done. And it's like, oh, there's no evidence. No, no. I mean, he <laughs> he rose from the dead. He was out there. Um, and you can't produce the evidence of the miracle that you're saying. Um, you know, they say that they may live by faith. But remember um, in Matthew, I think it's Matthew 10 when john the baptist is in prison and he sends his disciples to jesus asking jesus are you the one that is to come and what did jesus say go and tell that the that the lame walk the blind are healed and see these miracles he performed miracles right in front of him say look this is who i am he showed evidence on who he was remember doubting thomas in john 20 comes in no i won't believe until i see the nails in his hands and and I could touch his side. What's Jesus do? He doesn't say, "Hey, pray about it." Oh, <laughs> well, he shows himself to Thomas. Hey, dude. Um, yeah, 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 I've been with you all this time. Touch, feel. He's like, and now you believe. Listen, <laughs> there's more to come. And blessed are the ones that believe that don't get to see.
3: Mm,
2: um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think they they uh, they believe in in a miracle that doesn't have any any evidence to it. Mm.
0: Um, so uh, yeah, it's interesting. The sort of textual criticism side of things doesn't seem to yeah. Really
3: it doesn't hit.
2: side with them. It doesn't mm-hmm. side with them. Um, there's plenty of Egyptologists that have said no, reform Egyptian does not exist. Um, mm-hmm. They'll say that the Book of Abraham, which we do have evidence for, is a miracle that he translated it. Talk to any Egyptologist. In fact, David Falk did. There's a little mm-hmm. mini clip on um, finding truth. A youtube page where he says no that's not what no it's it's not accurate at all um there's whole books written about it and the only egyptologists that hold to the book of abraham being legit are lds so they have a presupposition already any secular one will say no this is complete fabricated it's from the book of the dead (laughs) right interesting so um yeah
0: this I mean, maybe we need to do a Mormonism part <laughs> two yeah.
2: Yeah. We'll to, yeah.
0: to go into some of these other things
2: and and we, I'd love we, to answer know. more i'd I'd love to answer more questions too um, I know right. I was rambling on and I'll mm, even get okay. into the, the the historicity of of Mormonism and how it goes, but uh, yeah, I'm focused on missions, and I think that one of the um oh hold on, i gotta my battery's dying, hold on one second guys. Oh, no worries. <laughs>
0: we're about to lose eric we're about to lose eric i'm just gonna put dan on the screen there we go so i mean while while eric's going just um if you are listening feel free to um ask questions final questions we'll get to our last question it's all good um
2: we've got yeah so what i was saying was you know um um you know my mission is really to get people to um have these conversations um, have these conversations, know know your theology, know mm. them and and live out your faith. Um, invite them in. Um, don't invite them for coffee. um give them your email, phone number, have gracious conversations with them. and I'm telling you, if you believe that the Holy Spirit um, works um, in your life and that he's the one that softens your heart to hear the gospel, then guess what? He could do it to latter-day saints too um so to keep that hope. Yeah, amen.
1: What, very quickly, what what's the issue with caffeine? I've never, I can't remember Jesus talking about it. Kathy? Caffeine.
3: Kathy. Caffeine. Oh, caffeine! <laughs> oh yeah,
4: no, there is
2: issue. You know that one <laughs>
1: Yeah. Caffeine, Mormons and caffeine—they're obsessed way. with caffeine.
2: Yeah, <laughs> caffeine. Now, if you said Karen, I'd be like, "Oh, there's Karens in the Bible." I mean, <laughs> um, um, but no, yeah, no, there was nothing on caffeine in the Bible. I don't even think it existed back then.
1: So what's what's the issue? Why can't Mormons drink caffeine?
2: So they they can now. They can. Oh, okay. Um yeah. What, so they can. Why, why they didn't see they? You know. Um, so I know that I was taught that caffeine is an addictive substance and that mm. it's a poison. And in the word of wisdom, we don't like to put I say we they don't like to put anything in their body that would cause <sighs> them to not, you know, to have, have an addiction. So like smoking alcohol um and i think you know that's fine that's fine yeah. now i want it i want to do a phd at byu but that would be impossible because i would have to um uh stay with the word of wisdom and eric's gonna have coffee in the morning um and on sunday mornings when i wake up before my family to have my private time i'm having a cup of Job with uh, with, with jesus okay um and if i want to sit down and have a have a whiskey to the glory of god i'm going to have a whiskey to the glory of god um <laughs> So, um yeah, there's
0: just hard. no way I could go. Yeah, I I know that Seventh Day Adventists, at least they, used to, I'm not sure if that's still still part of it. They they don't drink caffeinated beverages either. Um, yeah, I think they really cheap. don't.
2: I really don't see a problem with it. It's just weird. It's just they they have no biblical foundation for it. Mm,
0: I guess it's yeah, some, probably something along the lines of body and temple but I'm not sure uh, if that fits so uh, we, we have our last question um, there's, there's no more questions in the chat um, maybe when we have a, a, another chat uh, further down the line we'll get some more questions in but uh, Eric what would you recommend people read or podcast that uh, we can engage with whether or not it's about Mormonism or just something to, you'd recommend people what, what yeah. you say?
2: so I love my favorite theologian right now is Matthew Barrett. He's a professor over at uh, Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, but man, he put out a book called Simply Trinity, and that thing is just banging. It is fire, um, and it's something that I think that the that us Christians kind of lose sight of is the Trinity. We believe it, but then we don't we don't even know how to talk about it or teach it. Um, so he has a podcast called Credo Magazine um, that I listen to. Um, but then also you gotta pick up his books. He's got a book called None Greater, that's just really good. Um, and then Simply Trinity, which is really, really good. Um, and then Mormonism, uh, for Mormonism, um, to for a podcast, it's called Mormonism Research Ministries. Um, and they they do a lot of good work, tons of good work. Um, I, I'm I'm in contact with Eric Johnson a lot. Um, and he helps me out with some things. Um and they're good and they have some books um but then also if you really want to know you know the life of joseph smith there's two books i'm going to give you the LDS version which is rough stone rolling um which is very very good um and then i'll give you the ex-mormon version which is no man knows my history um and you can decide amongst yourselves on which one you you feel is more accurate they they say a lot of the same stuff but there are some you could tell there's some biases in both
1: of them hmm. I'll, I'll see which one gives me a burning in the bosom <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a, it's a,
2: they might give you it might give you something else but it won't
0: be <laughs> ind, indigestion um yeah. we've got um uh, from from dean says uh no questions but please thank you uh thank eric for being a brilliant guest really enjoyed it um well thanks for for being in the chat we appreciate yeah. you guys
2: uh, Sorry what, for my voice. Sorry for my accent. I sound like a... <laughs> I, got a face for, for, I, got, I got a face for radio and a voice for, for silence. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hasn't been that bad. Well, we've, uh, we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed having you on. Cool, thanks. Cool. So uh, just to, to close up, I'll, I'll put myself on the, the big screen. So we've got a couple other conversations lined up. We've got Zachary Ardern uh, on design and evolution coming up in the beginning of July which if you're interested in in that sort of conversation um that should be interesting and also in July the 15th I think it is we've got Sam Chan so if you're aware of uh, evangelism and skeptical world and uh, all the other things that Sam Chan has done um yeah. he is a uh, very good speaker and I'm sure he'll be a lot of fun and uh, talking about accents he's got a good Aussie accent as well yeah um, so, uh, yeah, bring, bring them uh, questions to those conversations, especially about science. Zachary Arden, I think he's a geneticist, if I remember correctly. We, he, he knows his stuff, basically. Um, cool. We're, we're going international. We've got had American. We're having an Aussie in July. And we're having Zachary, who is in uh, New Zealand, in, isn't he? is he? New Zealand. In yeah? New Zealand and based in Germany. So, that should be a, a, a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, he's sorry. moving to Cambridge. And he's moving to Cambridge. Good. Oh, moving yeah. to Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bread of Life. Yeah, we we are <laughs> we are finishing up. Sorry about that. Um, but thank thanks for uh, stopping by and saying hello, Eric. It's been a pleasure. And thank Dan, you Eric. As, as always. Yeah, um, man. It's been awesome. We'll uh, see you
2: around on the internet. And uh, yeah, we look
1: forward to chatting again soon. That'll be that'll be yeah. great fun. Yeah, cool. we'll we'll
3: do
2: part two, and we'll maybe we'll talk a little bit more on. Uh, on some strategies. I, I have an article that's going to be published tomorrow. Um, I just got word. So you guys could find that out. I'll post it on Twitter and you guys could read just, you know, some of my strategies on how to um, engage when a Mormon missionary comes to your door.
0: Sounds great. It. I look we forward to reading that sort of thing. So that's, that's brilliant. We'll retweet it and uh, follow Eric on Twitter. And uh, do you have, you uh, plug, what, what do you do? Like, we haven't actually done what you do now is uh, explain international, isn't it? Yeah,
2: yeah. So another? I'm, a, yeah. So I am um, a uh, apologetic uh, or a pol- apologist apprentice with uh, Explain International, um, and it's it's a newer group of just uh, tons of apologists that um you know we have people that do um, science, we got people that do textual criticism, we got people that focus on the Trinity, we got people that like me that focus on world religions and, and Mormonism. Um, and yeah it's just a big group we got blogs so check us out um, I think it's linked on the YouTube page I don't have the website off the top of my head but yeah, yeah check us like out we have, dot com. Yeah, it, yeah we have a few YouTube channels so like Finding Truth Santee's channel oh, yeah, a of, out Santis.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, a part of Explain International and uh, man we just got a lot of good things coming and you know hopefully we can uh, just just keep going for the glory of God
0: awesome well, well we'll make sure that that link is already in youtube but yeah do go find that people and uh, thanks again eric we'll, we'll be in touch and we'll, we'll see you around god bless you in your ministry
2: yep
0: bye everyone you thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show if you like what you hear please do give us a subscribe on youtube or Follow us on any of the social media out there and give us feedback. Get in touch. Let us know what you think. If you really enjoyed the content and want to support it, find us on Patreon.com.